Well, good morning. Breakfast at the Broker every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. We are over here at Pod Populi in East Boca Raton at Royal Palm Place. And I have a very, very special guest. And now, by way of Boca Raton, Florida, she is the Executive Director of Luxury Sales for Compass. She also was the driving force behind launching one of the Palm Beach County's most luxurious residential high-rise projects, the Bristol. She's a team leader of a concierge service team Known as the CBG team. The CBG team closed more than $361 million in 2021. Give it up for Maricela Cotilla. Oh my gosh, David, what a great intro. <laughs> Why, I, thank you. That makes me feel special. So thank you. Uh, you're definitely special because uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what, um, you know, the Bristol, you know, we'll just get right into it. You know, the Bristol was one of the premier projects that have been in South Florida for, you know, uh, as long as I can remember. Um, tell us a little bit about the Bristol and, you know, how you got involved. So uh, interesting enough, I was uh, a director of uh, sales, but I was also playing director of of operations and opening up offices for Douglas Elliman at the time. I was given the opportunity to do a presentation, okay, to win, obviously, assignments. And one of them was a group of, of developers that was pretty much unknown. Um, and I say unknown because they had not developed anything in Florida. So in comes um, Al Adelson, who in in himself became the face of the Bristol. He's impressive. He's amazing. He's a deal maker, and I adore him. Al is a developer from Michigan and did a lot of and owned a tremendous amount of industrial real estate. He had a best friend, and uh, you'll know the team that is the Gallup Companies, Eugene Gallup out of Chicago, and also extremely impressive. Uh, the Gallup Companies is responsible for most of the buildings, not only building, but managing and overseeing uh, many of the high rises in Chicago. And it's a family owned company, very impressive as well. And then locally, uh, they had Elyon Partners, who were really silent partners. Um, They're out of Aventura, Miami, and it was very interesting. Um, In truth, they actually controlled a piece of property that no one ever thought would be sold. And interesting, it was just a little bit over, I think, 3.5 acres, and it was the chapel on the lake, and it was owned by the church across the street. Wow. So um, so the story goes is three Jewish guys walked into a church <laughs> and said, um, I want to buy this piece of property. <laughs> and it's, um, it's a visionary story. It's, it's a story about um, the, the gentleman that said, I have a vision and we want something shiny and new and there's nothing like it on the other side of the bridge. Yeah, and, and there's nothing like their prices right now as well. Nothing, <laughs> nothing. You know, um, and, and I, you know, for those uh, listening and, and, and viewing, you know, I don't know that people understand that, you know, that how special the Bristol is, but, you know, the, the prices certainly reflect that. Um, you know, do you have an idea of how, uh, how uh, what the prices are currently? So right now you've got a couple of, I'm going to say, um, there's a couple of quiet listings that may be coming online, but you're talking in excess of over 3,000 yeah, per wow. square foot. But interesting enough, you know, the Bristol um, broke records from the beginning. It averaged 1,800 a square foot. 
Okay, average. That means that our lowest at any time was about 5 million. And that was entry point, right? That was um, just, you know, it was a lower level. And then it went high. It's a wedding cake design. It was designed by Solomon Coldwell and Buenz out of uh, Chicago. And by wedding cake is that the top of the building actually comes down a couple of levels. So it's smaller at the top penthouses and then gradually gets bigger. Oh. Okay. So the penthouses are only about 6,000 square feet each. Mm-hmm. And then the middle of building has about, uh, I want to say the floor plate was about 14,500. Wow. So it varied. It was impressive. It was, again, visionary. And the challenge, there's always a challenge in real estate. Marketing the Bristol meant that we had to bring buyers from Palm Beach, right, into another zip code. Mm-hmm. And um, it was called the Bristol Palm Beach. A lot of people took, you know, offense to that. But in reality, Palm Beach is a county. Sure. And it was in Palm Beach County. Mm-hmm. Now, the one who did that before us and showed us that it could be done was one watermark. Mm-hmm. But that was traditional um, Mediterranean look. This was modern uh, steel, glass, and just sexy. Yep. It's, uh, it, you know, it's amazing, you know, uh, as you're looking through projects, you know, through South Florida and whatnot and upcoming projects and whatnot. Um, you know, how, as, as a director or executive director of luxury, you know, how did you get involved in luxury real estate? Because, you know, real estate agents come in and, you know, they, it, it, you know, as you said, you know, the building's sexy, so is luxury, right? So luxury is, uh, you know, is the talk of the town. Everyone wants to be luxury. Um, and how do you get involved and position yourself so that maybe you are the go-to person uh, for whether it's luxury buildings, luxury, um, you know, single-family homes and such. It's a it's a million-dollar question. <laughs> or in today's world, maybe yeah, 10 million. Yeah. A, billion. <laughs> a million's not nothing a million's these days. Nothing. Um, interesting enough, my path, we all take different paths. I actually was in commercial real estate. I actually worked for big brands, C.B. Richard Ellis. Sure. Early on, Kadena Bush-Klein, the Bush being Jeb Bush. Um, I worked with Marcus and Millichap to learn multifamily. So I came from a different, um, really walk. So in essence, when I stepped into luxury and it was via being a director of regional assisting Douglas Elliman in their expansion, it was, um, very comfortable for me because I had always dealt with the CEOs and CFOs and the heads of companies. The only thing that was new to me, believe it or not, was dealing with the wives. <laughs> um, you you know, it's interesting, right? Because when I deal with corporate America, I'm dealing with logistics. I'm dealing with a different conversation than I'm dealing with the color of the kitchen. <laughs> emotion and, gets involved. <laughs> oh, my gosh. A lot of emotion. A lot of emotion. But I would say for agents today, um, the challenge is pivoting. Every so many years, I reinvent myself. Every so many years, I get better, as you do. You can't stay in this game and status quo because the market's continuing to change. So what I would say is that luxury looks like luxury, dresses like luxury, entertains like luxury. And by that, I mean there's a lot more dollars going into that effort in that representation. So it's not the only way to make money. 
it's certainly not the only way to make a mark. It just so happens to be it's where CBG is comfortable. And sure. CBG, again, we're three partners of equal um, values and equal partnerships. So we're three bosses, right? Three owners. So it's very different. And all of us have played in the game of luxury. But for agents, it's not the only way to make money. In fact, I used to say uh, when I was hiring agents, they'd come in and they'd say to me, um, you know, I want to sell luxury. And I said, great, great, great. What do you define luxury as? As you just mentioned right. today, a million dollars is everything and anything. Sure. So they'd say, well, I want to be on the beach, selling everything there. And I go, well, turn around and look west. Because believe it or not, there's a lot more that way. Yeah. Makes sense. No, agreed. Absolutely. But, you know, um, let's talk a little bit about your partnership because, you know, in, in a day and age where teams are a big deal, right? Yeah. Um, real estate agents are teaming up and, and, and putting together teams. And we've always had partnerships. My mom was a uh, realtor for 30 some odd years. Um, my, uh, my dad was a managing broker for, uh, you know, coal banker for many, many years. And um, and, and, you know, they've always had partnerships. They've always had, you know, two people or three people getting together for one, you know, common cause and going forward. Uh, the mistake that I think most people make um, nowadays is that, all right, I'm going to be the team leader and now I'm going to have all these team members and they forget how to manage them or don't know how to manage them or don't have the right people in place to manage them. But the second thing is, is that two people or three people get together and they don't have the same ideas or um, this is mine. This is 100 percent mine. This is 50 percent mine. This is 25 percent mine. Um, how did you three come together to make one common, you know, amazing team? So I guess this could be a dating question. <laughs> <laughs> so um, because a lot of it is a relationship. And early on, I met Scott Giroux and I met uh, Rochelle uh, Buresh um, working at Alina. I was director of sales and I met these two amazing individuals that in my mind had a very high level of professionalism, ethics, knowledge, and they were the total package. So we got to work with each other for a while and then everyone's looking for someone. I'm back to the dating game, right? I've been married for uh, 47 years. In fact, wow, I just celebrated. Thank you. I just celebrated my anniversary last week. Happy anniversary. Thank you. Thank you very much. And I think what people understand a partnership in business is like a marriage and every relationship you have to develop and continue to foster it and grow. The common element of a business partnership has to be ethics, professionalism, and strength of a brand. The way we came together was pretty much we had all that. I like to say that somewhere in our careers, we should bring all our efforts and skills to one table. Now, Scott, Rochelle, and I, the only way that I could see that working is if we're equal. Equal. That means that in an equal partnership, that means that you split everything right down the middle. And that one leads when the skill asks for it. And one sits back like a dance. It's choreographed. The truth is, though, when the music starts, we never know who's going to lead. Right. You never know because you don't know what skill is necessary at that time. But I would say it is the hardest thing to find is partnerships. And if you start by saying, you know, by the way, there's three of us. 
um, two, of the, two of us, if there's a vote, to go. You agree on that. If I don't agree on a certain marketing piece, they have, they agree, it goes. So the process cannot be slowed down. Sure. Uh, so, you know, are those expectations written down? Is that something that you, um, obviously you discuss and have meetings and, and such, but, you know, how do you prevent, because partnerships, uh, you know, inevitably fail, right? Inevitably they get terminated at some point. Right. Um, and most of the time it's because someone believes that they're doing more than the other person or people and, um, and, and, you know, start to, you know, inject that emotion into, um, the partnership. How do you prevent that or how do you combat that? So the first question, was there a prenup? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and interesting <laughs> enough, um, I'm, I'm all about documentation. I think real estate, as you know, as obviously you're, you're, you're three, third, second generation, second generation, second yeah. generation. So it's about documentation. It's about accountability. I don't wish the third generation because I'm not sure that my kids, I want my kids yeah, to deal with this I business. I, I, <laughs> I didn't mean know, to cut you off. <laughs> I, I agree with you. I cannot. It's too hard of a business. You know, I usually tell everybody, if you start this business, make sure you have lots of checks and don't worry about the deposit. Tickets. Yeah, <laughs> you're absolutely right. Don't worry about that. Um, I think what we started to write it down because I, I've had partnerships in, in the past, I've had lots of agreements and the agreement's only as good as what's written on the paper, but truth, it's about the individuals. Um, we, to date, we've been together for two and a half years, a little bit more, and uh, that we've known each other. We've not had one disagreement. Uh, we have not had to sit there and say, hey, you did this, I did that, no. In fact, it's fallen into where each one knows their role. Um, you can't see me, listeners, but I've earned my gray, and I've kept it, and I am the older, not senior in that regard, because we all have so much um, knowledge in this industry that it's actually, when we get into a meeting, it is so much fun. It is so much fun, and I am so proud to sit with them and have them at my sides. And that's what it comes down to, right? Can you walk into a room, own it? Can you walk into a room and be proud of who sits next to you and is speaking on your behalf when you're not there? If you can't say that, it's not a partnership. You know, think of, are you married? Yeah, I am. Okay, so. 20, over 20 years. That's fantastic. So think about it. Do you, at this stage, talk about who's going to the grocery store and who's putting away the groceries? No, absolutely not. No. You just do it. You just do it. Yeah. You do what has to be done. If there's a spill on the floor, I'll be the first one to pick up a mop. If something has to be vacuumed, we either one of us will do it. Uh, we'll change filters. We built furniture because I said, I'm not going to pay someone to do this. I can do this. Took me longer, by the way. I should have paid. Um, <laughs> But I think it's important. I have always taken tremendous pride at the table I sit in is very important. And who sits with me at that table is very important. It's more important than money because you and I, we have a reputation. People sure. hire us because they trust us. Nobody can ruin that. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, reputation and integrity, certainly in this uh, close-knit community, um, it is so important. 
you know, and, and, and there'll be disruptors and people coming in and out of here and, you know, and, and saying, Hey, you know, uh, I could do it this way and, and whatnot. And you know what, uh, you know, better for them, but you know, they're also, you know, we, we have a saying LIFO, you know, last in first out. That's um, inventory. And, yep. <laughs> inventory. Yep. And I used to say that as well. And I was always first in last out, which really speaks to lousy inventory. <laughs> if you think about it, because that means you didn't sell it, but in reality, um, you're right. You have a process, but I think as we grow older and I think as we continue to pivot and today's technology, a social media in particular has changed the way we do business that it behooves myself and others to stop and listen when someone does have a better idea. Imagine that. Can you imagine <laughs> I that? I mean, imagine if we were listening to different perspectives and seeking those different perspectives that we've had, you know, you know, generations of, of, you know, I look at my parents' generation. I mean, that's what we did is what we, you know, even as a kid, you know, I wanted to find out, not the same position or the right. same issue or, you know, I don't want your same stance. Um, I wanted to actually seek a different perspective. Why do you think like that on this issue? Why do you think like that on that issue? And, um, you know, we've, uh, now we're, uh, basically, uh, seeking, uh, you know, fulfillment of or, or, or proof and evidence, uh, that we were right. And, uh, someone was else was wrong, you know, and I, and I say this all the time because, I remember um, uh, my daughter went to um, Donna Klein Jewish Academy. Okay. And the first day I walked in to bring my daughter in kindergarten and I looked up at the sign and it said, you know, it's not what is right is who is, you know, I mean, not who is right is what is right. And I, you know, and I, I always looked at it and said, you know, that is a perfect term for our society today, right? Yes. Like we, we need to start worrying about le- or worrying less about um, who's right and doing the right thing. I think you're right. And it's easier. And what happens is too many of us are fighting for ownership. And so when you have even going back to the partnership, um, we stand together, right? So if we fail, we fail together. If we win, we win together. And that's the same philosophy we take into a client. Sure. When we represent, we represent you. And if we are representing correctly, you win. And so do we. Sure. And, you know, and getting back to your partnership, because um, I think it's fascinating, you know, in, in successful partnerships, because, you know, so many of them fail, right? You know, and, and you know, whether they, you know, come together for the right reasons, um, you know, normally, you know, they have the right or good intentions, uh, and, and they fail for, you know, a myriad of reasons. Uh, you know, looking at how partnerships um, get started, um, how did you get started with that partnership? Like, you know, we talked about a little bit about the pre-dump or whatever, you know, did you put a policy? Did you put managing expectations? Because so many people are so afraid to losing what they've earned for the last 10 or 15 or 20 years. And they, they don't believe in the big picture. They don't believe in, you know, um, you know, it, it's going to be greater than what they made previously. And certainly they're going to have to suffer and sacrifice in, in the very beginning. You have to sacrifice to win and to expand. So um, I think early on what we talked about is we all came with with numbers, big numbers. Uh, We also do quite a bit of development representation, which assists in getting those numbers. Um, I think what's important and what we spoke about is that expectation of what we'd like to achieve 
because we did a couple of things. We became partners. We all left Douglas Elliman to move into Compass. So there, there was, right there, there was a change. Mm-hmm. Right now, we owned our office in our location. We have a privately owned office, so it's ours. Our location was ours, and we control the environment, the culture, and the feel of that office. That's important. Very, yeah. very important. So we all walk in with, let's get to work. By the way, we walk in every day, every day. It's not about, hey, listen, uh, I'm going to be home for a week. I'll see you Tuesday. You want to have a meeting? No, no, no. We turn around, our chairs swivel. It's an open environment, and we talk every day. So starting with that, it was important for us to set a dollar amount. And then it was strategic. How much do we send in the efforts of single family? How much do we spend in the efforts of chasing developments? One is a long-term lead. One is a long-term income stream. I call it the the later funnel. The earlier one is when you're doing single family, when you think, okay, I'm going to approach it this way. And this is a 35, 45 day payout. So it's a very different because you got to pay the bills. Sure. And it's great. And, 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 you know, you can have fun, you can have coffee, you can have wine, you can have champagne. It doesn't matter. You've got to pay the bills. So how do you get to that? Then the second thing is marketing efforts. How much do we spend in marketing? So maybe it starts with an Excel. It starts with an expectation of a percentage of that cash flow and what you're going to invest in the company to A, administratively, B, do you bring in other people? By the way, I think that's the biggest mistake. A, no one today does everything. So to sit there as one person under one name and say everything goes through me is a huge mistake huge mistake because that's not how people perceive skills. I can't do everything. I know what I'm good at. I know what Scott's great at. I know what Rochelle's amazing at. And frankly, there are days that I'm the weakest link. There are days that I might be the strongest, but the key is being able to understand that without the other, like a puzzle, it doesn't come together. So there was no, there's no argument, but you have to have an understanding of the skills. You do have to have that. And respect, right? Um, you got to respect oh those uh, you know, people around you. And, you know, I mean, there's so many times, you know, motivation and, and, and you know, people tell you all the time, you know, it's, you're, you're guilty by association. You're, you know, who you um, hang out with, who you. Um, we told our kids that, didn't we? Yeah, uh, <laughs> all, the time, all the time. All the time. And, you know, and, and sometimes, uh, you, know, the, you know, it's funny because you, you alluded to that with, with the kids thing, but, you know, sometimes there are disruptors within the kids friendships, right. And, 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 you know, how they inject in the communication of kids to kids and, you know, who's coming in, who's not coming in and, and all the drama and stuff. And then they kind of relate it to our brokerage. So. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 you're a hundred percent correct. In fact, we have brought in certain agents that we thought we could mentor. The problem is if they become disruptors, then it's not the right person. No. In fact, I almost believe that you should bring somebody in with a clean slate and teach them. Teach yeah, them. no, I, I agree as well, because um, there, you know, over the years, as you get wiser and managing your brokerage, uh, you definitely, um, you know, it's addition by subtraction. Yeah. And a lot of times we will find a, someone who is disruptive and we just it upsets the apple cart too much that it's, it's just not worth it, not worth you it. know, and, 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 and 
really, you know, every time that I've ever um, subtracted someone, I've added seven other people. Like, it, like it's amazing how that happens because you know it puts a fire in your belly and and you and you start actually recruiting. You know, because you're supposed to spend some time recruiting as well. But uh, you are. Yeah. But you know, to that point, um, you can only recruit if you have a process. Sure. You can only recruit if the people sitting at the head of the table are comfortable in understanding their leadership roles. And so if you bring someone in to chaos, then you're just going to get more chaos. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed 100%. Well, I can't thank you enough for coming on. And I have two questions. Certainly. And it's always my final two questions of episodes. So um, what is your favorite all-time streaming series or movie, if you prefer? And what are you currently watching? That's interesting because <laughs> nowadays I really find that there's a lot of things that are weak. Um, <laughs> and I find I'm disappointed. So um, a streaming, a movie, when I want to laugh and my husband wants to laugh with me and he laughs much louder than I do, <laughs> it's got to be my cousin Vinny. Oh, I love him. Yeah. Okay, it's got to be my cousin Vinny because it's his humor. And by the way, because our lives are so um, complicated and serious in what we do every day, I got to sit in front of something that's funny. Don't put anything serious in front of me. I don't have time for it. Right. If I'm going to be entertained, make me laugh. So streaming, and by the way, that's something new too to my world a couple of years ago. I don't know about you all listeners, <laughs> but um, um, I think the series on Abbey. Uh, Downtown Abbey? Downtown Abbey. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. Think, I think I find that fascinating. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Well, I can't thank you enough for coming on and uh, I appreciate all the good work in the industry and the professionalism, you know, um, you know, it, it's about collaboration like this and, and, you know, it's not about competition. It's about, you know, helping each other and grow each other's businesses and, and creating relationships just as you would do with consumers. So I appreciate you coming in. Always a pleasure to sit with a professional. Oh, thank, well, you, thank you. And where can we find you? So um, CBG is right here, 307 Southeast Meisner. We're right here in East Boca. Our, cor- our office is on the corner across from Farmhouse. Stop by, say hello, have coffee. We're big on coffee, and I look forward to seeing you. Absolutely. And I think you have a podcast, too. We do. We do. The sunny <laughs> side. We um, actually air it every Sunday, Monday, and um, it's fantastic. I'll invite you to it. And it's the three of us having a coffee chat and it's great. Love it. Love it. Well, thanks again. Uh, Well, breakfast with the broker every Tuesday at 9 a.m. I will be up in Orlando next week um, visiting uh, Florida realtors as a uh, committee work and governance work and all that kind of stuff. So certainly appreciate it. See you next week on breakfast with the broker at Tuesday, 9 a.m. Perfect. Thank you so much.